Welcome to the Mind Talks podcast. You are with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest has recently signed a professional boxing contract with Hall of Fame promoter Frank Warren. He has won five regional amateur titles. He is in the light heavyweight division and has sparred with world champions that include WBO cruiserweight champion Lawrence O'Colley. He is currently 1-0 in the professional ranks and two of his inspirations are Andre Ward and Roy Jones Jr. A warm, warm welcome to Ezra Taylor. How are you, sir? I'm good as I can be. I'm good as I can be. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. First and foremost, congratulations for signing to, um, you know, Hall of Fame promoter Frank Warren. How does it feel? Thank you. Do you know what? Sometimes... I have to sit back and just give myself, I don't know, a few seconds or a few moments because it's still surreal to me. You know, I'm trying to say it's um, I'm overwhelmed for second fight and I'm able to, you know, showcase my skills and what I've been working on on, on BT Sport. It's, it's, mm. it's crazy, but, you know, I've worked hard for the opportunity. So as much as it is surreal, um, it's real to me as well. <clears throat> Good to hear. Um, so we like to start off traditionally with your first living memory so going all the way back what is your first living memory either playing or watching a sport boy that one <laughs> caught me off god i ain't too <laughs> sure about that um first living memory of playing a sport Do you know what funny enough i've tried out basketball tennis and all the rest of it but the only sport that actually resonates with my mind is boxing the first time i stepped into that boxing gym is the first time i acknowledged me playing sport obviously you go to school you do sports day and whatnot but i couldn't even tell you what i did on them days but i could tell you the 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 smell that i smelled when i walked into that gym for the first time you know the um, the feeling that i had inside me so if anything i'm gonna say that was the first time i acknowledged me doing any type of sport or you know even watching any type of sport because i didn't really watch boxing and nothing like that i didn't really watch sport it was like when i was 15 i didn't really watch sport in general because um yeah, when I was 15, that wasn't really what I was, you know, into, if anything. I was into games and whatnot. So I would, I, I, it, was, it was fully outside of my, you know, field of expertise, as you'd like to call it. But yeah, stepping into the gym, the boxing gym. So when you exercised as a child, literally it was just for fun. It wasn't anything else. Nothing else, man. It's just like, you know what it is? I just had, at the time, I just had a lot of energy to burn. I just needed to exert it in the right way. I needed to channel the energy. And that's why I ended up getting into so many other sports. I was trying to get into it, you know, I was trying to do all sorts. I was trying to keep my time occupied. My mom didn't want me at home because I was just running up the places, moving crazy in there. So she was saying that you need to get out and do something. And then, yeah, um, I managed to get into boxing. And that's when, that's when it was, you know, it became, um, became a passion. And then, it was more of a like, self-development satisfaction as well. I started getting quite a lot of satisfaction of, of getting better when I wanted to better myself as a person in general. And, and to be fair, having that mentality so young was a bit crazy to me. Um, but yeah, that's what I adopted anyway from the start. What was your story leading up to <clears throat> your first your first entrance into um, a boxing gym? Talk to us about that. Um, so I used to play I used to play games with um, one guy called Corey um, I still speak to him now man. Uh, again he's the reason essentially I got into boxing the way I did um, I used to play games all the time you know playing Call of Duty and that and he was like yeah I go to this boxing gym I think I must have told him like oh yeah I tried this football team out and I didn't like it and blah 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 and he says yeah well I'll go to this boxing gym um, every Saturday just to keep fit I was like yeah all right, cool I'll give it a go and it was far away from me as well it wasn't like a local round of corner I had to catch two buses to get there or get my mom to drop me off at the time so um, I was like yeah yeah cool you, you definitely go in there yeah he's like yeah 100% I was like alright cool what 11am he's like yeah 11am alright cool so when I get there I don't see no sign of Corey he's not even there so I pulled <laughs> up now but all, at this stage my mom's already dropped me off so she dropped me off I'm like about 25 minutes away from my home. At the time, I don't know how to catch no bus. I got no money. I've only got money for the club and that's two pounds for the session. So two pounds wouldn't even got me back home at that time. So I've pulled up. My mom saying, yeah, she'll pick me up in an hour. So I got dropped off. I looked inside. I couldn't find her. I even went to the coach. I was like, oh, there's somebody called Corey come here. And he's like, who? I was like, oh, he set me up. I was like, this guy set me up. And then, yeah, after that, it was history. Like I started, obviously, I had to train 
I just got into it and I think that's probably uh, a better way that I got into it as well because if I went there with my friend probably wouldn't have took it as serious as I did but since I knew I was on my own I even made friends there and then you know what I'm trying to say um, I made friends there and then and then yeah the rest of it's history really and truly I just started excelling excelling but then I got moves into the higher class so I was like I say, I was training on a Saturday um uh, just for exercise keep fit and something to you know regularly just keep up on top of and then I got moved into the uh, evening classes in the weekdays so that's like Tuesday I think it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays but now I'm mixing up with these people who box on a regular basis they've got fights behind them you know they they know how to throw a jab correctly and etc etc and then there's me well, I'm not even got, I haven't got the correct footwear. I'm wearing some Adidas, some B-down Adidas with some Adidas tracksuit bottoms. I'm, I'm wearing the, the gloves that they provide. These guys are coming through with the gloves, with their, with their gloves on. They've got their initials on it. They've got some mad fancy boots and whatnot. So I'm thinking, bro, this is out of, kind of, I'm out of my depth. And then I really understood that I was out of my depth and I started sparring. Because that's when I actually did sort of sparring, like properly, not no body sparring. Obviously, I'm getting hit in my face. And I thought, no, this ain't this ain't for me because I'm getting hit in my face way more. I'm hitting them in the face, so this is like an unfair trade. And I'm saying, well, what am I doing this for? It doesn't make any sense. And then I just stopped. I just stopped at that time um, when I was 15. I just, I just, I just quit at the time. And then later on, I came back to. It. I went to the gym, got a bit of muscles on my arms, gained a bit more confidence, and then I started to realize what I wanted to do in life as well. Because again, you start doing other things, you start working. That's what I did as well. I started working from an early age. When I was like 16, I was in Tesco. Um, so yeah, I started making money and whatnot. But then it started to make me mature as, a, as an individual. And then, yeah, that's what made me want to go back and pursue boxing to better myself. Um, not in terms of, yeah, I wanted to be a champion, but it's just to better myself. But then that passion grew and grew and grew. And then now in my head, that's my aspiration. That's an amazing story. And it kind of links to some a conversation that me and Nathan had the other day in terms of, some elite athletes getting into sport, not initially planning it. It's always either through a friend or something. And you never, sometimes you never know what your passion is going to be until it's right in front of your face. Mm, 100%, 100%. Don't get me wrong. When I've had my uh, previous interviews and whatnot, they, they ask, I hear other people getting asked that same question. And the people that I've, you know, I've mixed with in the industry, it's just, you know, sometimes they've been boxing since like seven years old or yeah, my dad was a world champion or something like that and et cetera, et cetera. So at the time I used to envy that type of route. I used to be like, oh, you know, I'd love to, if I had a dad who was just, you know, teach me how to train or I'd, I'd love if I got into this when I was like so young at like this age. But now I sit here as I speak to you now, I'm very, very content and happy and probably wouldn't even choose any other way to get into it. Because like I said, I started off when I was 15. I came back when I was... I think when I was 19. So again, at that time, I, I've got the know-how of what I want to do. I'm not just doing it for the sake of just doing it. Um, but you see with the unfortunate side of people who do it from so young, you imagine if you get forced, uh, essentially getting forced to do something for so long, so long, so long, you get to that 17, 18, and you want to you want to explore the world. You want to, you know, want to do different things. You want to go out with your friends, you into different stuff, change your music changes, your habits change, everything everything so imagine you still trying to hold on to that boxing dream as as, as you can call it it is it doesn't happen so i've seen a lot of you know big talent big big talent could have gone on to do big things and it just fell off just because of that um that initial oh yeah i've been doing this for so long yeah. can't really see the reason why i'm doing it anymore or i've been doing this for so long and i want to do something else so they wanted but me since i kind of had the freedom to choose at that time when i was 19 of what i wanted to do and I already had a taste of it. Then I was like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. And I didn't have anyone else pushing me or telling me to do this or do that. Again, my mom, she just said, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm support you regardless. Probably decide, she probably would want me to do something different than boxing. Probably want me to do football. You know what I'm saying? But, um, because it's much easier on the face and the body and the health. But, you know, it's just, it's just God's calling, I guess. So now, now I'm here, man. So, yeah, I want to talk about, you know, the initial stages. So the initial stages of training. So I used to play a little bit of football, not a high level or anything like that. But I just remember football training and then transitioning into boxing training. And it was absolute hell for me. I, it was so, so difficult. It was something I've never experienced before. So mm. for yourself, what was the initial stages for you um, moving into boxing training? 
Um, well, like, like I was saying before, since I kind of acknowledge that as the only sport I've done, that's it's, it's all I'm used to, to be honest. Um, like I said, I had a, a little dibble-dabble here in football, tennis and basketball from what I can remember. But again, I couldn't even remember what I did in them sessions or nothing like that. It was boxing that really captured me to make, to make me think, yeah, this is a sport that I... That I, like I, I just relate with in general, um, and it's a it's a very very tough sport. Like if you, and a fun fact to tell you as well, boxing is the hardest amateur sport um, you can do across the board. So any other amateur sport there is out there, I think to be fair, take that take that away. Boxing is the hardest sport in the world. If you Google it, boxing is the hardest sport in the world. So. Beats me why I chose this one. I have all the ones that I could have done. I could have, I could have picked lacrosse or something, but <laughs> I ended up picking boxing. But it's mad. But yeah, it's a, it's a very grueling sport. And even now at my stage, even when I do like um, do a little, let's say if I play football or whatnot, it's a different type of fitness. Um, I like to challenge myself in everything I do now, just because of the mentality boxing gave me. But it's a different type of fitness. When you go to boxing, as you said, it's just it's just grueling. It's a different type of thing, and how regularly you have to do it as well to actually see increments of improvements is mad because you could, you could you know, footballers, they may train three times a week or something as they can do. And that's then keeping on top of the fitness. But you see with boxing, you've got to just, you have to live the lifestyle. You've got to do everything right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's hard, man. It's very, very difficult, as you know. How was your mindset before your first fight? My mindset, boy, there's a lot of pressure, I'll be honest. There's a lot of pressure. I had a lot of people there. I had all my, all, as you can call it, all my mandem there. It was mad. It was small. It was in a little, it was, I think it was in a social club. It was like, a, it felt like about 50 degrees in there as well. It probably wasn't, but it was just me. I was feeling the heat. I was hot. I was hot. I was fighting someone who, um, that's another thing as well, my coach, Ray. I'm um, still with him now as well. Um, he threw me in a deep end. Probably because he could see the potential in me that I didn't or the talent that I didn't see. So my first fight was against someone who had two fights, two wins and two knockouts. And that's my first fight. So it's kind of, you're thinking, what on paper you'd think you'd pick someone who's had, a, who's had no fights and someone who's had no fights. But he wanted to, I don't know, again, from me in a deep end, which he did. Um, and yeah, once I, once I heard, I think he was trying to hold that information back for a while. And I think my boys, one of my boys found out who it was and whatnot and told me this. And my mind just started racing. I was thinking, what? I, I think I even argued with my coach at the time. I was like, why are you putting me in with this guy? Like, he's had two fights. I haven't even had none. And he's knocked them out as well. Like, what are you trying to do to me? Like, I, I, I was, I don't know. I, my head was all over the place. But at the time, I was excited, nervous, felt a lot of pressure on me because, again, I had all my people there. I didn't want to go out there and get knocked out. Mm. Um, and at the time... The passion was there, but it wasn't enough for me to go out and say, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing, I'm not losing." I just thought, bro, I just thought I need to get in there, and I just want to get it over with. That's what I was thinking. I just want to get in there and get it over with. Because this feeling I've got now, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. But yeah, it was just, it was a mad, it was a mad um, course of adrenaline as well. As soon as I got in there, I was thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go in there, do this. I'm gonna throw the jab. I'm gonna move around the ring. I'm gonna do this." I tell you, when that bell rang. I just went in the middle of the ring and just sort of swinging my arms everywhere. <laughs> left, right, left, right, left, right. I'm throwing everything. Even the other guy as well. Like, he, had a bit of, he had a bit of techers, don't get me wrong. He was like, he was bobbing and weaving. He was doing a bit, but I was just swinging. I was just swinging. <laughs> I think I came out the first round, my coach was asking me, like, how are you? I couldn't even I couldn't even speak to him. I was sitting there. <laughs> and then, yeah, he was like, you got two more rounds of this. You got to make sure that you don't do that again and just, you know, stick to what you know. And at the time, all I knew in my head is that this guy's trying to beat me. This guy's trying to hurt me. Like, it started to change in my head. Like, this guy's mm -hmm. trying to hurt me. So then aggression came out. And I went out there and did the same thing. But I won. I won. And it was a, it was a mad fight. It was a, I always remember it. Obviously, it's my first fight. But it was, a, it was a mad fight. And then, yeah, that kind of set the foundations into, into what I've become now. So you spoke about your Is it Ray, Ray Ricketts? Yeah, Ray Ricketts, okay, a legend yeah. himself. Okay, so with Ray, can you talk about the impact that he's had on you? And also, not just the impact, what is the one thing, what is the biggest learning, I guess, what's the biggest piece of knowledge that he's imparted onto you that you've kept today? You know, the biggest thing I always remember him saying and what's, what's kind of the motto that I walk by in life now is hard work pays. He's been saying it since day one. As soon as I stepped in the door, he's been saying, when I was hitting the bag and I was getting tired, he was telling me hard work pays. What you get, what you put in is what you get out. 
And I can now sit here and tell you that that is 100%. That's not no facade or nothing like that. It's not just a motto. Like, that is real. I put in so much hard work and dedication, determination, everything, everything that you need to become a champion. I put that all in. And obviously now it's, it's starting to pay off. Um, so with him, his relentless style, because if, if, you, if you ever meet him, he's a very, um, I don't even know what the word is. He's very blunt with, he, I don't think he's ever, he, I don't think he's ever gave me a compliment. I've been with this guy for about eight years. He's never gave me a compliment. He's never told me my, yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, you did well. You done this, you done that. He's always saying, no, you could have done this better. You could have done this better. This and that. And obviously it's harsh criticisms. A lot of people that, can't take that and will go the opposite way and rebel and say yeah whatever I can't work with him but me he kind of molded me into who I am now so that's why I'm always so uh, critical of myself because I know where I want to be I know what I want to achieve and yeah other people can come to you and say oh yeah you're amazing you look good yeah, you look strong whatever but in my head I'm thinking yeah that but I know I can do better you can always learn more regardless of what who are, who you are where you are in life you can always learn more so in my head I'm thinking I always can learn more meaning that I can always get better and if I can always learn more then I'm never going to be amazing you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say so that's what strives me to keep getting better and better as day goes on so he installed that from in, in my head from early and he probably installed that into many people's head but it just kind of clicked to like flicked a switch on within me to do that because now I can go anywhere in the world and keep that same work ethic um, just because of what he, how he's how he's raised me as a boxer and an individ, individual as well, definitely. I think your relationship with your trainer is is quite it's quite unique. Um, but there's also many athletes or boxers who go through that that if they had a trainer like yours, they wouldn't be able to achieve what you've achieved. So it kind of kind of links to the type of person you are and the kind of type of character each person is because what your coach trainer does with you may work with you, but it may not work with someone else. Um, and it's about having the right balance with, with a trainer. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, I've seen it. I've seen it happen many a times. I've seen people bad mouth my, my coach and whatnot because of obviously just his habits is how he, because he used to be um, a world champion karate. Uh, yeah. He used to be a world champion in karate. So he had that, harsh mentality just from karate in general because if you know about karate it's very well back in the day anyway it was very very harsh on them um, on the students so he's probably kind of transferred that into boxing as well and like I said I've seen many people many many people come and go and come complain on how he how he is and whatnot go elsewhere and you know they'll go and just blow smoke up your ass and if you want that that's Mm -hmm. fine but since he kind of we're on the same level on where I want to be. Where when I say I want to be, is I say we as well because again I've got a team around me now, um, and he's definitely a major, a major key in it. But um, yeah, he's seen where I want to I want to get to. So he took that approach and it's worked on me. I've seen it work on a, uh, I've seen it work on a few other people as well, but I haven't really seen it work to how it's worked to me. Because now, as I'm speaking to you now, I'm preaching that same thing. Anyone like my son, when when he gets older, I'm gonna preach him. So not preach, I'm gonna teach him that's the same ways of life in general. Because if you that philosophy on its own, if you just apply that to everyday life, you'll be able to get through it, regardless of what it is. I know boxing is obviously a new, um, a, a sport on its own, a different type of sport. But now that's what I was trying to say. As an individual, I have that mindset. Anything I do has to be. 110%. If I put the hard work in, I'll get the reward. Even if I put the hard work in now and I don't see it, I'll still get the reward at the end of the day, regardless of when, when it is or where it happens. Because even in boxing, man, I could, I was what? I was trying to juggle nine to fives. I was trying to, I was trying to do this job, do this job, just to keep, you know, keep my boxing dream alive. Um, and I wasn't, at times, it was, I wasn't seeing no progression. So I was working, training month in, month out. I may have not even been fighting, but I'm still training, still training, still having to train. Um, but I'm not seeing our progression. So I used to sometimes I used to question myself like, why am I doing this? Mm. And then I kind of sat down and say, I know the reason why I'm doing that. I can't sacrifice so much to get to this stage and just give it all up now. The more I go on, the more I have sacrificed. So the more I have to keep going on, if that makes sense. Mm. So so yeah, everything I'm speaking right now is probably most of it's come from from how he's uh, taught me. Okay, so. 
I've always been intrigued about the amateur ranks and how does it work? How do, you know, coaches, managers, how do they find opponents? Do they go around? Do they go to other amateur um, events? Do they go to different boxing gyms? How do they find opponents for yourself? How, how, does, how does it work? What's the process? Um, there's many ways, to be honest. Um, obviously, we're in the era of the social media era as well. So, yeah. we, you know, we can see someone who's looking decent or, oh, yeah, he's just turned amateur. He's just having his first fight or whatever. And then you can match it all like that. But um, a rule of thumb normally is they have a website. I think, what was the website called? Warrior, I think. And they have all the, you have all the amateur, um, amateur boxers who are registered. Okay. And then again, you search, I guess, put in the criteria or whatever, two fights, this, he weighs this much and et cetera. And then they'll come up and then that's how you just match them. And then next thing you know, you match them. I think their coach will get in touch with obviously whoever's coach, they'll liaise say, okay, well, there's this fight. Um, there's this show on, uh, let's say in August, the end of August, do um, you want to have the fight then? And then they arrange it like that. Or, they, you know, all they can speak, like most coaches have been around the amateur circuit for quite a long time. So they know certain coaches. So they'll ask the coach, oh, do you have anyone for this guy? Or do you have anyone who's, you know, this way and, and et cetera. And it's just word of mouth, really and truly. But okay. it's either word of, the mouth, word of mouth or via the website that I, um, I mentioned. Okay, cool. Social media. So we live in a, we live in a society now where everybody is basically, well, most people on social media. And social media is also a place where people could can help their career, but also you have people giving abuse on social media. How do you deal with social media? <clears throat> you know what? It's funny you, you, you asked me that question because I speak to my friend about it the other day. You see, social media, it has its negatives and it has its positives. Me personally, how I am, if it wasn't for boxing, I wouldn't be on social media. If I had social media, I'd probably be one of those guys who've got no display picture, like four followers. <laughs> because I feel like social media nowadays has too much of an impact in life. Mm. And um, I think people start to lose reality of it because social, don't get me wrong, social media is a very powerful tool that people don't really understand. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I understand why people look at this and say this, but a lot of actions based on what you see on social media. So for instance, off topic but still relevant like relationships um you see relate these type of relationships on social media maybe celebrity relationships or whatever and you kind of set that expectation is that that's what you want or that's what you that's what you're not you, you're gonna settle for nothing less than that and that could that could, on its own can lead you down a, a spiral of of i don't know i guess a long journey of sadness or whatnot because what you're seeing is somebody else's situation which is completely different you don't know what's behind the closed doors so yeah, before I go on a tangent, me so me on social media, I'd say it's not a good thing. Me, Ezra Taylor is not a fan of social media. <laughs> Interested, Ezra. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something to you. So um, Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia, um, you know, boxer, but is just done crazy stuff on social mm. media. He has amassed literally millions of followers, and I remember when Ryan was fighting um, Luke Campbell. And it, it creates such a buzz, not because of, you know, the boxing purist, but also because of just Garcia's fans and that he amassed through social media. So I understand your side, but look on the flip side. Look, look at Ryan Garcia. It's a, it's a brilliant example of somebody who has utilized himself, his good looks, just, just being, you know, part of that social media generation and understanding, um, mm. you know, what, 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 you know, what content they want. Do, don't you just look at examples, good examples of Ryan, you know, people such as Ryan Garcia and think, do you know what, if I just did a little bit of that, just add a little bit of my flavor, then maybe it can help my profile. Because unfortunately, and I need to say this, I need to say this very cautiously. Promoters, certain boxing promoters are not promoting their fighters as they should. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention no names. So with that being said, with Ryan Garcia, he doesn't need, who is it, Golden Boy? Is he, He's under Golden Boy, right? Golden Boy, yeah. Yeah, Austin yeah. He, yeah, that's it. He doesn't need Golden Boy to, to help him because he's done it himself. So what do you say about that? Surely you could add a little bit of your flavor. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And people come to me all the time and say, you know, you could do this and do that. 
I got videos of sparring me probably potentially knocking someone down or doing this and doing that. Like, oh, if you put that up, it'll be go viral. And this is that. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, I, okay, cool. I get that. But, and don't get me wrong, I ain't envious of no one. The jealousy is a very, is a very bad trait. If yeah, you I'm got jealous. to how you got to, got to, um, when you got to in a, in a, in a way of social media, then your hats off to you because a lot of people try and a lot of people don't succeed with a lot of people who do do it succeed. So, I say that's good, and if the question is if I did it, would I be able to succeed? Me personally, I probably I probably could because I probably have a bit more, you know, flair or whatnot. But mm. see what it is, Nathan. I just keep it real to myself. Like I just, I'm, I just keep it real to myself. I I rather build up my following the the organic way. You know, people are following me for this and following me for that, not following me because I hit the bag and I scream so I scream and it looks like I'm hitting it and I'm hitting it so quick. You know what I mean? I want to go in the ring. I wanna that's how indirect it kinda is, but you know, we'll move away from that. But yeah, I go I wanna go in the ring and prove why I I say who I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they can say, you know what, yeah, Ezra Taylor, he's serious about his business because again, social media is something you see on a screen. I'm work behind the screens. Like I, I put in serious dedication behind it. I can't upload everything that I do on there. Um, and if I did, again, people are probably like, wow, this guy is really working hard. But again, I would like my hard work to speak for itself, not just what I put up there. Because again, I could put up a lot of things. I've seen a lot of boxers who are probably not that good in real life, but they look amazing on social media and they get a lot of followers, probably got a lot of sponsors, you know, probably getting money from it. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah, in terms of Ryan Garcia, he blew up from that, and I've seen a lot of boxers as well do the same thing. But it's good that they blow up from that, and they can also back the skill yeah, that yeah. they are known to have. You know, what I'm trying yeah. to say so. That, yeah, that's one yeah. thing that I've got to take my hat off to because I was at, um, at one point I didn't really rate Ryan Garcia. People show me his videos and that he's hitting mm. a bag, but he, to, to a boxer, he's just doing something what a boxer <laughs> does. Like, yeah, but yeah. okay, cool. You may you may be a bit quick because you're a bit lighter and you know you're you're, you're pretty thin, so you're doing it quick and it looks mad. Like, that's good. But now he jumped in. Like, at the time, I was like, yo, this guy, he's gonna get knocked out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I seen him in the ring. I said, no, I take my hat off to him. Like I really do. I respect his craft because what look what he's done, how he's gone, how he's gone about it, and he's gone in the ring and how he's gone about that. So. So yeah, man, I could I could do a lot of things, you know. A lot of people can do. What do you call it? Clout. You can do a lot of things with clout. Yeah. Um, but you see the 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 line of field I'm in. Clout ain't getting you anywhere. When you get in that ring, you're gonna. It's, it's serious. So I haven't really got time to to try to dabble on social media. Just because really and truly, all it is is gaining followers. You get you're getting more followers, more exposure. But if you're really doing the right things, you live a clean life, and you're serious about what you want in life, then that will come to you in a better way than social media can. Doubters. Did you have any doubters when you started boxing? I did. I did, to be honest. I, did, I had quite a few, you know, um, and they kind of, it wasn't really, really a fact that they was coming up to me and say, oh yeah, you can't do boxing, you can't do boxing. It was just, doubters where they, let's say I didn't see them for a while and they came back to me and said, oh, you're still doing boxing. Mm. Oh, you still doing boxing? Like what? Oh, how, how's that going? Like, those are the type of doubts. Like, they doubt, mm. they doubted me when I told them. Because anyone I speak to, I always used to tell them. Then I would say, I, I want to be a champion. I want a boxing serious. I want to be a champion. Even when I had my second fight, when I was low, when I say low, I'm not saying I'm super high now. Just when I was at the the bottom of my career, I was telling people I wanted to be a boxer. I wanted to become a boxer. Other people was like, yeah, yeah, I do boxing as well, but it's like it's not the same. I'm saying you don't have it. You don't have it in a heart like me. So yeah, I had a lot of doubters, but I also had a lot of supporters as well. Much more, I think it probably it kind of overwhelmed it. Even let's say for instance, I had ten doubters and I had two supporters. Those two supporters in my head would make me feel like the whole world's on my side because I didn't I didn't do this for supporters. I didn't do this to yeah I want to I want to become famous. I want people to follow me. I did this because I want Ezra Taylor wants to become world champion and. After a while, it started to come to light when people, like again, like my city was coming behind me saying, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. Like, I, it's like a, it's my dream. I kind of sold everyone the dream. Like, I, I am going to do it. And now people are believing, like, yeah, you are going to do it. So, so yeah, I may have had doubters. I had probably had doubters that smiled in my face. You know what I'm saying? I said, yeah, yeah, you can go. But they probably doubted me saying, you're not going to last long. And I've heard 
they they'll say that they won't say it directly to me, but let's say they'll say it, someone will say it to my coach, and then my coach will tell me, and I'll be like, you know, I'm not surprised, but it gives me more reasons to just train harder, man, to prove the doubters, and that's what that's what everyone's trying to do in life, right? Mm, absolutely. Um, so I saw a clip of your mum and your brother speaking, and what I found really heartfelt was your mum and the the support, the explicit support she showed you. And the reason why I found it slightly fascinating was because, or is because when you listen to a lot of boxers and their interviews, um, one of the things that they mention is usually they don't let their kids come to their fights or one of their parents, usually the mum, doesn't want to come to their fights. She just doesn't want to see her son, you know, get um, potentially, you know, punched in the face and you know severe have a severe beating basically so um talk to us about your mum because she's she's slightly different um how has her support helped you um on this journey so far um you know what it's with my mum it's just it's just i can't i can't ever say thank you enough i can't do anything I can't do anything in the world, even if i give her everything let's say i, I, I become a world champion or whatnot and um you know, I acquire millions and a lot of assets and whatnot, and you can live a different life. I still, even if I gave her all of that, I still can't repay her as so how she's supported me in my career. Not even in my career, just my whole life. I'm saying so. Boxing itself, itself, is a very hard sport. I, at the time when I didn't know how to cook, she was helping me cook my meals. I was saying, I don't know how to cook. I need to make weight. I've got to fight in two weeks. I don't know how to do that. She's all trying. She's trying as well. She's learning as the same way as me. I'm saying, I'm, she's learning. We're both learning on the job. I'm learning each day. I'm learning how to become a world champion uh, in the terms of how serious I need to be. I get serious and serious and serious, more serious as I go on. And same with her as well. Um, I can remember one time, was arguing one time because I was, I was meant to have a, obviously I was having a fight coming up and I was trying to make, um, I was trying to get to a certain weight. Um, and I said to her, like, I'm trying to be strict and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so can you not have anything in the house that I can snack on? Um, these are just little things, little things I'm saying, yo, just don't have anything. Cause she always used to like to snack on like biscuits and that. And that's fine for the average person. That's fine. But when I'm fighting, I'm saying, yo, I can't eat these biscuits. Cause once I have one, I have the whole pack. So let's just remove the temptation. Cause at the time I wasn't that disciplined. You know, I, I was disciplined enough to train, but I didn't live the full lifestyle that I probably should have. But again, these are the things that you learn, you, you know, you, you learn from, but yeah, anyways, um, yeah, we was arguing because she let she had some she had some biscuits on it. I think it got to like eleven p.m. and I went past the biscuits. I saw her clapping down the biscuits, and I'm saying, "Your mom, I'm eating the biscuits." But I'm arguing. I'm saying, "Your mom, why did you leave the biscuits?" I said, "What? Why are you eating it? Who told you to eat the biscuits?" I'm saying, "But I told you to not keep the biscuits here because this is what happened. Look, now I'm eating the biscuits, and now I'm not gonna make the weight and blah blah blah. But little things like that, I laugh. I look back at it and laugh at it because again. We're learning. We're both learning. So now, now, obviously, I've moved out now and whatnot. But she knows when I'm there, she don't have no snacks there. Just because, you know, she she's on my side. She wants to see me succeed as well. So she doesn't keep these around me. And if she does, she'll hide them somewhere that I won't find them. Mm. So even little down to little things like that, I, I have to respect her for. Um, again, I don't know if a lot of moms would do the same. But she under, she tries to understand my journey as much as possible. I'm not saying she understands it fully because she doesn't go to training and watch me do this and do that. But she sees me fight. Um, she sees me fight. She knows how, how much I want. I want this. So, yeah, man, she's, she's, she's played a big part, a huge part, probably the biggest part of anything. Was there ever a time when you stepped in the rink and your opponent looked like they had lost before even the bell rang? Um, do you know what? When I hop in the ring, I kind of, I, I have that mentality anyway. I look at them that you've lost. Like, I don't look at them and think, oh, oh, yeah, you look a bit, you know. I look at that, I look at them straight away and think, you lost because I'm so confident in myself that I'm winning. So it, no matter what you're looking at, you could be frowning at me and looking confident, hitting yourself in the face, psyching yourself up. In my head, whatever you are going to do, you've already lost that fight because I've come in here to win and it can't be any other any other um, outcome to that really and truly. So yeah, I, when I look at people in the eye, when we, when we face off or whatnot, that's what I think in my head. I think I'm gonna win. I'm definitely going to win. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm not going to. So yeah, I always think that they're gonna lose um, really and truly. Mm. So in the last five to 10 years, there's almost been um, 
an expansion or a growth, so to speak, of sports science. So a lot of sports science is, is coming into boxing now. And there's a lot of, one of the areas that I've seen is, you know, some of the top boxers, they have a nutritionist. Um, what about yourself? How does that work uh, in terms of you maintaining weight? Do you have a new, uh, someone that helps you? Is it your coach? Um, how does that work? Yeah, so I have a nutritionist um, on board as well. He's my strength and conditioning coach too, so it's like a two in one. Um, so yeah, I've just you know as day as week goes by, I want to say as day as week goes by, we we you know we liaise, um, see what I have coming up because you can't just eat the same thing every day. I do different things every day. I train different every day. Um, I may do the same thing every so often in the week, but each day changes. You know, I could have sparring one day, so I got to eat this to make sure I'm fueled right. And these are the things, these are little gems that I didn't really take, excuse me, into consideration back um, back when I was amateur. And as an amateur, you don't really think that, that deep, but you may do if, like I was saying to you before, when people have been boxing since seven years old, they know the game. Like they put their parents or whoever they're around know the game, know that you have to be eating this, don't eat this and don't eat that. But again, I had no one to guide me. I was guiding myself. So, um, so yeah, as a, as of right now, I have that part down to a T. Um, again, I, was, I cook my own food. Um, my partner, she helps me cook my food as well. Here and there, we just make sure that we're just on point with everything because making weight is one of, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a huge part. I don't know what the percentage is really and truly on how big of a factor it plays in boxing, but it's huge. Weight, the weight in general, making weight is um, it can it can do a lot to your mental state, how confident you are going into the ring, how energized you are. Um, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, and that's one thing that um, when I was an amateur, I used to worry about. I didn't really know how to tackle it too tough because for my weight, I am a I'm a big light heavyweight. I'm saying I'm six foot two and I've got I've got muscles as well, so it's it's kind of. Uh, it's something that I had to really, really evaluate quickly. Um, going stepping into professional ranks, but now I got it down to a T. I'm fine now. I'm fine. Would you say? Would you say that was probably the biggest challenge, the weight side? Because you see a lot of, like, watching boxing for years. Let's use the name Ricky Hatton. Struggle to <clears> make <throat> weight. <laughs> do, you, do you think that was is the biggest challenge? Yeah, I would say so. I'd say so. But again, it goes down to how disciplined and strict you are. Um, a lot of people. So, like, for instance, um, a lot of boxers that I know, again, I'm learning the job as well, especially in the professional ranks. So they will, let's say they got a fight. Um, they got a fight on the 30th. They will enter the camp on the 1st and they will just crack on and just be disciplined for that period of time and fight and then, boom, just go back to just living normal. Um, I wouldn't even say living normal, just living extravagant, eating good or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And they will, their, their weight will skyrocket. When half of the weights have heard certain boxes go up to it blows my mind I think I don't even know how you even got to that you're, you're let's say you're two weights that below me but you've gone all the way up to heavyweight how, how's, how's that even possible <laughs> but then when it comes down to it when it comes down to it then they get they, they you know they crack on and yeah I, I, in one breath I respect that I take my heart off too because you get down the weight and you, you're, you're disciplined within that uh, period but in my head I just think why wouldn't you just be like that throughout? You know, what if you was disciplined throughout? How would that affect your performance? It would affect it in the best of ways. It wouldn't be a thing where, you know, okay, cool, I'm going to eat what I want. Don't get me wrong, you, you need to enjoy the journey. I, I'm not saying that you don't have to. You don't need to live a boring life and be a boxer all the time. But just be sensible with it, you know? Liaise with your nutritionist. Everyone, uh, all these top boxers had nutritionists. You liaise with them, you know? Like me, personally, like if I go on holiday... I'll I'll holler my nutritionist and take a picture of the menu. Like, oh, what kind? Of, what do you think I can get? <laughs> what's 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 a, what's a what's a sensible thing to get? And then he will tell me. And then obviously I'll go if I want to take if I want to take his advice. I'll take his advice. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I've checked in. I've checked in, and I know because uh, because you know because you know, like with food, it's a it's a it's a thing that everybody loves. And sometimes you can eat comfort food. It, it can get you by surprise. You don't even know about it. So. Yeah, little things like that. Again, I live by that principle that how I have no snacks in my house or I have healthy snacks that I'm meant to have. Other than that, even like I'll start getting hungry, I'll open a cupboard and I can't see nothing there. And I'm like, oh man, but I'm 
I'm cussing the old like the Ezra two days ago because he didn't even show up and he didn't, he didn't get them snacks. But the Ezra that day, that's who I'm fighting. I'm fighting that Ezra. I'm saying, yo, you can't have no snacks. It's bedtime now. Go to bed. You shouldn't mm. be looking in cupboards anyway. And that's what happens. I end up going to bed and say, all right, cool. We've got nothing to eat. Go to bed, wake up, and I got through that, that little period. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about fight week. So two things that stand out for me. Um, firstly is Eddie Hearn. So Eddie Hearn used to speak about Kell Brook all the time being an absolute nightmare when he was cutting weight, but particularly um, during fight week because, you know, Kell Brook was a, Big is a big welterweight, big, big, big welterweight. So him cutting weight, him cutting weight was always a bit difficult. Second thing that comes to mind was I was watching a clip of um, the UFC fight Khabib, and he was having a go at the journalists, and he was saying to them that they they ask the same questions over and over again and don't they have anything else different to ask and what he ended up doing is talking about his father and making jokes about his father and whatnot but I guess my question is inspired from another podcast Lewis House so this is all linked in together Lewis House asked a a skier um what is the one thing that you'd wish journalists would say so my question is the same question to you what is the one thing or maybe let me change it slightly what is the one thing that you'd wish journalists would take into consideration when they're asking you questions particularly when you're closer to um fight week um i'll say i'd I, I, I probably just say since i haven't really been there myself yet at that stage from what I've seen, I'll probably just say just be a bit more courteous to the actual boxer because approaching fight week or, you know, you, you, you're a week away from your fight. You, you see your mindset as a fighter. Your mindset's kind of changed. And I'm not saying, oh, yeah, we're aggressive and we're crazy and whatnot, but it's just, you know, we've been training so hard up until this fight. And you don't want a journalist being there asking you nonsense, man. You know, like, so you got to be kind of courteous of what you're asking. Some people ask, as you said, they ask the same question over and over again. Sometimes just ask, like, you know, how how's it been? How's, how's everything been, you know? Like, you, do you care about me? Like, yo, if someone ask, ask a question about the actual boxer, not, oh, yeah, you, you're fighting, you're ready, you re of course you're ready. Yeah, that's all you're hearing all the time. Like, oh, you're you ready for this fight? Of course. Like, we've dedicated a whole eight weeks to being ready for this one opponent. So, yeah, that's, like, I don't know. Just be a bit more courteous to the fighter. Don't ask dumb questions. That, and if you ask dumb questions, you should get dumb answers back too. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. What What are the three things that you think can affect a talented boxer from becoming professional? Um, you know what? I would even say becoming professional. Oh, do you know what? I'll say I'll, I'll I'll touch on that first, and then I'll explain what I was on about before. Um, so the three things I'll say: the first thing is um your life choices from the, the transition from amateur to professional. Is it's a big step. I'm from uh, some people. Some for some people it's not. For some people it is. But me myself, I embrace the role that I'm a professional boxer, meaning that I, you have to act and conduct yourself as a professional inside the ring and outside the ring. Um, it's not just amateur. Like yeah, okay, cool. I'm fighting with my top off now, and that's that's about it. Like it's a it's a completely different ball game in a sense. Um, but again, with your life choices. Being a, being a professional means that. You're relying on that as a source of income as well. Um, obviously, we just come from the pandemic. A lot I've seen a lot of boxes quit and whatnot because they've had to do something else to, to you know, get by. And as a professional, ideally, you want to be, like I said, conducting yourself as a professional, which that means that you have to be training all the time. You don't want to be having to work and then train and work and then train and work and train because then you won't achieve what you want to achieve. Um, so that's one thing and obviously if you see the champions you don't see them working at 9 to 5 you see them training day in day out got everything right they've got the teams you know scheduled out everything's down to a T so to compete on that level you have to try to be at that level and you know uh, move at that level down here if that makes sense um, the second thing I'd say distractions so it's easy to get distracted you know in terms of maybe um relationships or just girls in general alcohol parties um a lot of things man a lot of things it could it could be based down to a lot of things everyone's got to go through the issues in life but uh, i'd say that is a it's a big factor it plays a big factor in a lot of things because again um 
my be- my best friend, his name is Devonte. He um he used to box with me, and he had he had one um he had one uh, amateur bout as well, and he won it, and then he stopped because he kind of he, he differentiated the line between being a boxer or making money, and he went and got his own business. He went, he went and made his own business. Business is successful, still going now, you know, and he's acquired good wealth from it. So, but he he knows he's not arrogant enough to he knows that it's either if you're doing boxing you gotta do boxing all the way 110 percent if you want to get anywhere in boxing or if you want to do something else and it's better off to do something else if that makes sense. So again, it goes back to life choices, but you sometimes you just gotta choose it because boxing even at a lowest um, at a professional point your first few fights you're really not making a lot of money. It's not making a lot of money to be able to survive anyway because you may fight and then two, three months later you may fight again. So that that fight that you have, it's not going to be able to, especially if you got, let's say you got a family, you got a house, etc. Mm-hmm. It starts getting a bit crazy, you know what I'm saying? So so yeah, it, it, it's a lot of factors, man. It's a lot of factors. And that's why I say boxing is the hardest sport because let's say the level I'm at right now in boxing, if we transfer that into football, I'd be on, I don't know, what, three grand a week? And we wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to have this conversation about yeah, yeah you know life choices and whatnot because that's that choice has already been made for you you know what I'm trying to say even at a low start so with boxing again no offense to footballers but um, with boxing it, it, it's got to take something different to make you really want to go for it you know what I'm trying to say so so yeah I don't know if I gave you one or, I think I probably gave you about two but those two mean a lot they they mean a lot man it's distractions. And um, on life choices, hundred percent. I want to talk to you about one of your inspirations because um, he's one of my all-time favorite fighters, um, Andre Ward. My favorite Andre Ward mo- moment was when it was <coughs> the presser for um, Ward Kovalev two, and you know this is coming from where it was a controversial decision. Some people said Kovalev won, and there was almost an apprehension from some sections of the boxing community that Ward was even going to take the rematch. And Mm. I remember him at a presser. Kovalev was quite aggressive. And uh, I just remember Ward just being so assured of himself. And for me, that's when I just realized for the first time, this guy has a different mindset. He honestly doesn't take nothing. There's no externalities that affects him. He's always on the ball. And when he, you know, went on and to win that rematch, I just felt to myself, yeah, this guy is an elite, an elite athlete. So what have you learned and why is Andre Ward your inspiration? Like, wh- what have you taken from him personally? Um, again, with him, with Andre Ward, he's a legend, but he's a legend for many things in the ring, but outside of the ring as well. Like, if I have everyone I could say, he lived the life. He would he wouldn't mess around at all in in terms of I remember um, I think I was watching a, a documentary or maybe a, a quote from him or something I was reading something put it that way um, and he said that I think for I don't know how many years he didn't drink he didn't smoke he didn't party he didn't do none of that at all for so many years and he says in my head I knew if I'm not doing that other people do that and I'm, that means that I'm doing what they're not doing. And if that is the case, that means I've got an advantage on them as well. So these are so these are years I'm talking about, even when he's not boxing, when he's on holiday, he's on about he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't party. And on top of that too, he had a girl by his side that he's still he was married to right now as well. Yeah, Stuck yeah. by his side from the start, from the bottom. And it was just, I don't know, it's just discipline and dedication. That's what you have to admire. Cause he's he, he lived by that. And look. He retired undefeated for one of the me personally. I'm saying pound for pound. He was pound for pound boxer at yeah. one point. That yeah. means that you're the best in the world out of all the boxers in the world. Yeah. That's a crazy accolade to have. So and don't get me wrong, he probably didn't um he probably didn't get the credit that he deserved. But again, that goes down to what I was saying to you earlier about social media. Yeah. Um, yeah obviously great. he came from a different era, but he stayed real to himself. Yeah. He didn't do nothing to sell himself out, you know, to look a bit better in front of the cameras and nothing like that. He just worked hard and just did what he needed to do in behind closed doors. So when he was on that, when he was in the ring, people may have called him a, a boring boss or whatnot. But he was a he was a a very very clever student of the game. He was doing yeah. things that were, were crazy. He was calculated. Everything he was doing was calculated. So that's what just kind of made me think, wow, like his his style. He's beat everyone in front of him. He went up weight and beat 
someone who's very dangerous with Kovalev twice. Yeah, cool, you could call it controversial at the start, but, you know, the decision still went his way. You know what I'm saying? The judges must have seen something. Second time, obviously, you've seen what happened there as well. So, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, obviously, that was that's recent times, but what attracted me to Andre Ward is that he was so focused on what he needed to do. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, it was just admirable at the time and that's how, that's how I kind of walk in my life now anyways it's just, I try and live the lifestyle as best as I can um, God willing and yeah just just try to abide what I need to do because what um, what people don't realise if you dedicate let's say seven years of doing something right now regardless of what it is if you say I want to be a doctor or whatnot, and dedicate yourself seven years from right now you will become a doctor it's manifestation so if you dedicate yourself if I dedicate myself from right now seven years or whatnot. Even Frank Warren told me that, actually. Frank Warren told me that if you dedicate yourself seven years from now to or six, seven, eight or whatever, you become world champ. And it's true. If you dedicate yourself and live the lifestyle that you're meant to, then you do that and then you'll be able to, you know, kick back and enjoy the rest of your life. How did it feel when Frank Warren reached out to you? Um, it was crazy, man. Again, it was a bit surreal. So surreal, I didn't even take notice of it too mm. tough because I just thought, hmm... Yeah, it sounds good, but it's not really nothing's really gonna come to light as such. Not because I doubted my skill, it's just I didn't think it was gonna come it's so early in my um, career. You know what I'm saying? Because essentially, you could you could say that I didn't, I haven't done nothing. You know, people could say who who is this guy? You know, again, I haven't really posted a lot, so so I haven't pushed everything out there for everyone to see. So so they're probably thinking who's what who's Ezra Taylor? So that's in my head. I thought well, you probably thought the same thing. <clears throat> which was fine with me at the time because again if you don't take notice of me now you'll take notice of me sometime down the line because I'm I'm going to achieve what, what I want to achieve but then yeah once it started coming to line we had the meeting and even then I was so sceptical I was thinking boy I'm having a meeting with Frank Warren I don't really think it's gonna you know I think it's gonna come through a bit There's so much conditions and this and that and it's not gonna be um, realistic uh, so yeah but then he's a very very nice guy so he kind of took me by surprise. He's a very, very nice guy. Um, cool to talk to. Yeah, he's made everything uh, be at ease with this whole situation. So then yeah, once it actually came to light, especially, again, during this pandemic, during this situation with COVID and whatnot, I've managed to secure a crazy opportunity, which is, again, all I can say is that God has answered my prayers in one way or another. Probably not at the time when I prayed for it, but I've got this now, so... Yeah, it's brilliant. I want to talk about the division that you're in because <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, so I'm going to name some of the people. I'm going to name some of the domestic fighters. So Craig Richards, Anthony Yard, Joshua Boatsi, Callum Johnson, Lyndon Arthur. Yes, you are at the start of your career. How do you stop yourself from thinking about some of these mouth-watering domestic bouts? Um, you know what? I don't. I don't, man. I always think about it because, again, these are the guys, where they are right now is where I'm going to be at some point in my career. You know what I'm saying? So I look at these guys and I think, wow, like you guys, are, see me, I'm not um, so ignorant enough to say, oh, no, I'll beat these guys and blah, blah, blah. Like, these guys have worked hard to get to where they got to. So I take my heart off to them. Um, when my time is when my time comes my time will come regardless of who I have to jump, if I have to jump in with a ring with any of them or all of them I'm ready for it but right now it's good because it's thriving so that means that these guys all the names that you riddled off they fight they can fight each other and you know it's these are 50-50 fights as you mentioned what Lyndon off on um, Anthony Yard mm. that fight was was great I won mm. 400 pound on that man because I put Lyndon off to oh, win so Lyndon <laughs> I put Lyndon Arthur to split. And you know what I'm saying? So, because I, I know Lyndon, Lyndon's my guy. And on top of that, too, I've been following him since um, since he was in his amateur days when he was in GB. Mm. So, so yeah, it's just, I kind of knew what he had in, in his locker. And I just, I thought, you know what? If anyone wants to do it in a certain way, it would be him. And clearly, he came to light. Uh, obviously, they're having their rematch. I think it's in October or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, the, this is what's bringing the light heavyweight division back to back to light. So I got to take my hat off to them, man. I, I appreciate what they're doing for it because they're making it exciting. You know what I'm saying? So I'm coming through at the right time. 
and it'll be my role to be able to carry that on as well and hopefully you'll be mentioning my name to someone else like that no don't worry we will 100%, 100%. so for the stage you are at your career um, right now mm-hmm. what would you say is going to be the biggest challenges going forward and what and to back that up what would you do to to basically mitigate that um, I think the biggest challenge for me right now is um, trying to run before I can walk because um, since I'm so ambitious and you know everyone wants to say they're hungry but I'm, again I which I am obviously but I just want to be able to do things the right way because with boxing professional boxing unfortunately there's a fine line between you becoming the greatest or you becoming just stagnated you know what I'm saying so I, obviously this is why it's good to have a good team around me which I do have um, everything we do is calculated because me as a fighter you just want to jump in the ring with anyone and fight you know if they, if, if it's going to be better for you or yeah if you beat him you'll be up here or whatnot I'm saying alright cool let me fight you come then let's go like that, that's what that's, the, that's not just my mentality it should be everyone's every fighter's mentality as well but that's why your team sometimes have to rein you in and say you know what we'll take this fight at this stage and this is blah 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 because it's got to be calculated and you need to learn on the job like for instance um, my debut <clears throat> my debut uh, I'm not the guy in the second round which again was good I made a statement that's great but did I get the experience I wanted no um, did I get to showcase half my skills a third no so you know what I'm saying so little things like that you just got to you gotta bear in mind, but at the end of the day, on the other breath, you're I'm an entertainer. People want to see entertainment. You know what I'm saying? But I don't put my, I don't put a lot of pressure on myself with them type of things because I just feel like if I go in there and box how I can and box to my ability, everything will come. The ability, the flair, the entertainment, the knockout as well. So so that that would be it. Just making sure that I do, um, make the right decisions at the right time. But again, it wouldn't be just I. It would be we because obviously we've got a whole our whole team working on that stuff as well. We are kind of in still in the remnants of the Floyd Mayweather era where this, the O, the O is so, so important. It's so coveted. What's your take on the O? Because, you know, in previous generations, if we look at the 80s, we look at the the, the, the big four, um, mm. they all fought each other. And, you know, they all beat each other, but it, it didn't matter. But then Floyd came and it was all about protecting this O. And again, not mentioning any names, there are other fighters as well that, you know, want to protect this coveted O. Mm. Do you, as because you're at the start of your professional career, do you, do you have that mentality that you will have this O forever or do you have, and I don't want to say realism because I don't think that's fair because anyway, I won't say that, but do you, ha, yeah, basically what I want to ask is how do you see this coveted O? How, how do you see it? Um, I see it is, I see it as a big thing. And I also see it as a thing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, I get, I get what you mean in terms of, um, we're in an era everybody wants to be undefeated because again that on its own is just brilliant <laughs> you know what I'm saying you're undefeated but imagine if you could again Andre Ward he's an undefeated champion of the world pound for pound like they just you can't ask for any more he went up weight and did the same thing you can't mm. ask for any more mm. but again if you really want to look at boxing as a whole the the greatest champions ever have lost exactly. and they've come back mm. if you want to bring it to modern day look at AJ he mm. lost and people want to say in a worse way because it's somebody who was this and that and he's fat. And, <laughs> but again, you are, people say he's fat, but if you, Andy Ruiz, what, I think he's like six foot two, three or something. So this guy is probably as big as me. And yeah, you want to call him fat, but you want to jump in the ring and call him fat. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. But yeah, anyways, what I was trying to say in terms of the zero, if you have to, these type of things, I guess, I would only experience it if, if I experience it. But I see the uh, the greats. Uh, yeah, I see the greats lose and they come back even better than they have ever been before. And what I what my again another model that I live by as well is I like to learn of other people's mistakes and not my own. So mm-hmm. again, I see them come back better. But I if, if if they come back better, how they came back better, that's what I'm going to adopt and I'm gonna make. I'm gonna see if I can make sure that I don't make that same mistake. 
You know what I'm trying to say? I'm not going to say that's the end one, but yeah, I want to be, oh, um, have that, um, oh, and retire. Obviously, it'll be amazing. And that's what I'm aiming for. Um, but again, we we live in an era where the zero is is really looked at looked upon and frowned upon if you you know if you lose or whatnot. But back back in the day, as you said, in the eighties and the seventies, they 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 will lose. But some pe- people wouldn't even think nothing of it. Sometimes it's how you lose, by the way. But on top of that, too, they think how, they look at him like it's nothing of it, and then mm-hmm. boom, they'll fight again, rematch, they'll win, and they'll go on to better things and greater things. So with me, again, like I said, it is a is a very good thing to have. But it's again at the end of the day, it is a thing because. I'm not, I'm not boxing to be um, just, oh yeah, yeah, I want to brag about my zero. I want to brag that I'm world champion. No matter how I get there, I want to I want to become a world champion. What, this is my last question to you. What do you think out of boxing um, you can take that will impact the rest of your life? Um, the will and the, the dedication to Always challenge yourself. Never settle for less. Always try and be have the competitive edge. Um, I'm competitive in everything I do. It's quite annoying to be. It can be quite annoying at times because I'm doing things that I really shouldn't be trying to go the extra mile for. Like if, like if it, something silly like who's a better cook in the kitchen, me or my girl? I'm trying to push myself <laughs> to make sure that I'm the better cook in the kitchen. That like, should really man. We both can cook good, but I'm thinking, yo, let me try and you know, I'm trying to source it off and do this and do that. But again. <laughs> That, that on its own like I sit here now and I think um, if I wanted to do anything in the world anything if I wanted to be an astronaut and I, I, I could do it like I have the I have the confidence that I can do anything because it's what boxing has gave me it's gave me that confidence to be able to I know for a fact I can better myself and develop myself into whatever I want to be and hence why obviously I'm a boxer speaking to you now um, because I've at one point, I sat there and I thought, you know what, I want to, I want to become a boxer at a certain level and reach the top and etc. So it, it's, it came to light, and I feel like if anything you want to do in life, you can do it. And again, you may not, people may not see it, but since I've been in boxing, it's so hard, it's so difficult. I've come across so many issues and obstacles, and to be able to be here right now and speak to you right now, I, I believe, I believe in that hundred percent. So I'd say boxing has given me the confidence to do anything in the world and know that I can succeed doing it. So I've got two more questions. First one's about sparring. So I was looking on your Insta and you have sparred with Lawrence O'Colley and Brian Jennings. Mm -hmm. What did you learn? What is the one thing that you learned from either one of them? What's the one thing that you can say that you learned from either Brian or Lawrence? Um... I can the one thing I can say is that I'm I'm not far off. These are world champions. Like these are world champions. What I can say. These are. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna brag and say this and say that. But I'm. For instance, I sparred a Cody a lot of the times, and it doesn't really take a genius to see why I've, I sparred him so many times. He's a world champion now. You know what I'm trying to say. And yeah. if he's giving me the time of day, then I must. I must have something. So yeah, I'm not far off. That's all I do know. It's good to share the ring with these guys. They've taught me a lot. Brian Jennings. That's a whole different ball game because he's a he's a fully fledged heavyweight. Um, <laughs> he's a fully fledged heavyweight, and really and truly, I had no business jumping in the ring with him. But me being me again, I wanted to challenge myself. Um, and yeah, that that was mad on its own because I was hitting this guy with some serious shots. I, I was doing what I do best, and it just wasn't really phasing that guy. And and at the one point, I um, I was saying to everyone, keeps asking me, like, oh yeah. Would you ever go to go weight and etc. Would you go to heavyweight and blah blah blah? Because everyone just likes to give me this AJ analogy, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, would you go up and be like AJ? And I'm saying, hey, yo, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm jumping in the ring after Brian Jennings because again, he's a seasoned heavyweight. Mm. I thought, nah, I I don't think I'm stepping up there because even the heavyweights, are just, everything's just a bit different. Like the head shapes. <laughs> they're bigger the arms are big everything's just naturally bigger so I'm saying you know I ain't gonna force that I may go to cruiserweight mm. if it's called in my name but yeah. heavyweight I'll leave that there man I know I know my lane and that there is mad even even I said yeah if I want to achieve it I, I can do it but I just don't want to do it <laughs> heavyweight's crazy heavyweight's crazy so yeah sparring these guys is good it's good experience for me um, I'm happy that they gave me the time of day as well so yeah, it's good, man. It's, it's brilliant. Sparring's always it's obviously one of probably one of the main things is being able to mix up so many different styles. Everyone's style is unique, 
Um, so it's good to be able to test yourself against it as well. Mm. Last question. So in 10 years time, we do a podcast. It's the <clears throat> same format. How will you be introduced? Ah, uh, <laughs> you already know. It'll be entertainer, <laughs> pound for pound, light heavyweight champion of the world. He's got four titles at the moment: WBA, WBC, WBO, IBO. You'd be honest. He's looking to he's looking to move up to cruiserweight and do the same thing. Okay, okay, we'll hold you to it. We'll yeah, hold you, hold you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra, yeah, that was a really, really, really good, um, really good discussion. Um, we thank you for actually coming on and accepting this invitation. We know that you're busy. Um, talk about your next up- upcoming fight and how can people stay um, in contact and really just join you on this journey? Um, well, my next upcoming fight is my TV debut, my BT Sport and Frank Warren debut, which is. Um, on the 28th of August in Birmingham Arena. Um, yeah, you can get tickets from myself. You can also get tickets on the site as well. But again, if you want to support the cause, to get in contact with me. My Instagram, I guess that's the only kind of thing what's really going for me at the moment in terms of social media-wise, um, which is Ezra underscore the Canon underscore Taylor. Contact me there. You can, keep, you, can, you can keep up to date with what I do there. I post... I don't post all the time, but I post relevant things. You know that I'm still working. <laughs> and even if I'm not posting anything, you will still know that I'm working because that is the type of person I am, which you should be able to gather from what you see. 100%. Yeah. We're a really, really good conversation. All right, guys, if you are a new listener, welcome aboard. If you are a regular listener, thank you and continue to share. Guys, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy.